Hello and welcome back to another episode of Eating for Energy and Weight Loss. I'm your host, Rita Haddad, back with another fully informative episode to help you all along on your healing journey. Thanks for joining us today. Today I have with me my dear, dear friend, Jody. And as promised, we have a full episode of questions and answers that have come through from people just like you who are struggling with eating, with weight, with getting healthy, and with knowing what's right for their body. And so today, Jody and I are going to impart some advice on you in the hopes that you can take a little nugget from this episode and use it to help you restart your journey towards health. So Jody, welcome. Thank you for being here. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. So um, I am in a similar field to Rita. I'm an eating psychology coach and I'm in Toronto for any international listeners out there. If you ever want to connect, and um, I'm also an occupational therapist, and I sort of found my way into this area from my own personal struggles with food and body image, and yeah, it's just a topic that I like to explore and chat about, so I'm very happy to be here. And it's very relatable because do you know anybody who doesn't struggle in some way or another with food or body or concerns about weight and dieting and all of the above plus more? I don't know about you, but I very rarely meet someone who doesn't have a struggle or an issue or a complaint about one of those things. So it's a very relatable topic and experience to have, right? Definitely. Right. Well, Jody, thanks again for being here and helping me with this q and I'm super excited that we're teaming up on this. You're the only person I really enjoy teaming up with because I think we have a very similar approach to a lot of these questions. So feel free to jump on in and share um, anything from your perspective or your own experience with clients that you think can benefit our listeners. Are you ready? I'm ready. All righty. Let's get started. So I guess my first question I I have, and I know a lot of people share, um, is I just get so overwhelmed with all the food noise out there to the point where sometimes I don't even know what to eat anymore. So what would, do you have any suggestions for where to even start in terms of planning balanced meals and snacks when there's just like so many food rules and trends in my head? Yeah, that's a great question. And you're right. There are so many trends and rules and we're dealing a lot with sensitivities right now a lot of people have especially young children have allergies and so there's all of these restrictions and accommodations that are put in place and it can make eating really scary and frustrating for a lot of people but i think a great place to begin is by making a couple of inventories two inventories The first one will be meals you enjoy. For example, my kids really enjoy tacos, so I will put tacos on the meal. The second inventory should include individual ingredients that you like to eat. So for example, eggplant. I'll put eggplant on the list. I'll put cauliflower on the list. I'll put chicken on the list if that's something that you enjoy eating. And then 
once it's time to sit down and meal plan, you've already got meals that you enjoy eating, meals that bring you pleasure, or the people that you're feeding, whoever they may be. And you also have individual ingredients that you can build meals around. And so that's a great place to begin to kind of help you to ignore whatever is not relevant to you and sort of stick to what sounds good to me and the people that I'm feeding right now. As you know, Mil- love- oh, sorry to interrupt. I was going to say that I love that idea. Yeah. Um, that makes it simplifies it a bit instead of thinking of, hey, which diet am I going to plant? I uh, follow today. Yes. But I find like sometimes like my inner rebel comes out and I just, nothing appeals to me except for maybe chocolate and things that shouldn't, it's not, sorry, not shouldn't, but that aren't, were, shouldn't comprise my entire meals. Yeah. So, I know you're saying to come up with some ideas and maybe how do you get the ball rolling when like nothing seems appealing? Well, first of all, don't do your meal planning when you're in that place because nothing will sound good to you. (laughs) Sort of like how they say, don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry because you'll put everything in your cart. That's definitely true. And I do that, unfortunately, more than I should. But meal planning is essential to having balanced meals. And when you write things down and you write down ingredients and you organize loosely or stringently depending on how how you are and what your week is looking like it allows you to to have enough wiggle room to say for example tacos is on the list this week but i don't really feel like eating tacos today they're just not appealing to me i need something a little bit more comforting because i'm finding myself craving chocolate and sugar and nothing else sounds good so my body's craving that warmth and that comfort and that indulgence so i think we're going to bump macaroni and cheese up to today and we're going to push tacos out for, for a few days so there are ways that you can do that If that's how you choose to plan your meals, if you allow yourself to have that fluidity and that flexibility within your meal planning, and also plan for having chocolate, right? So plan for having a chocolate cake for dessert or plan for indulging in that sweet tooth and and work it in and don't demonize it. So I have here listed a few healthy snacks to keep on hand for when you get busy and let's say... I meal planned, but you know what? My errands ran over and I just don't have time to cook a meal today. And I'm super hungry, but on my way to go pick something up for my family, I I need to have something that's in my purse. I love raw and unroasted nuts with dried fruit. It's a very well-rounded snack. It hits that sweet tooth. It gives you the fiber and it gives you the protein. And then you get all kinds of essential elements like uh, magnesium, manganese, copper, selenite, all these things that you need to keep your cells healthy. So personally, that's one of my favorite fruits. If you don't do dried fruit, do a cheese stick. Um... Fruit salad, chia pudding, or a smoothie is also another great way. You get lots of fiber. You get lots of vitamins and minerals. You can take a smoothie or chia pudding on the go. I don't know about fruit salad and how people feel about eating that when they're out, but it's a great snack if you're at work and you have time for something like that. Fresh cut veggies with hummus. Again, it's very well-rounded. You get your protein. You get your fiber. You get all your essential elements. And definitely store-bought snacks that satisfy Be mindful of refined oils such as palm oil and other preservatives, dyes, or sugars. You'll want to choose snacks that satiate you without creating a discomfort. But definitely, snacks of convenience are okay. 
And I love I, convenience. That's very helpful. And it's also a great idea to be really prepared with the snacks because, like you said, it's hard to think of what meal you want when you're starving. So yes. the snack can help to balance you out. Yes. You don't want your appetite to shut down because you've been hungry for so long. And so this is a great way to do it is have those snacks on hand, keep them so that they're easy to grab. So I keep all of these things like uh, the nuts and the dried fruit in jars in my pantry so I can see them and I can easily dump them into a Tupperware or a small zip top bag and it makes it easy to grab and go. Here's my pro tip. Pick one or two days each week to prep as much as possible for your meals and snacks And this will simplify your life when it actually comes time to finishing off or preparing your meal or grabbing the snack when you're hungry. So for example, if Sunday is your meal prep day, then I would cook all my rice, soak all my beans, marinate all my meats, maybe chop onions for the week or chop my vegetables or at least wash my veggies for the week. And then that way, when mealtime comes and you're hungry and you're short on time because you've had a long work day or you've been out running errands or you've been in the car doing carpool all day, Everything is sort of semi-prepared and it's easy to just throw it all together. And so if you can do that once or twice a week, it will really simplify having the meals ready and having the snacks ready when you need them. And then you don't have to starve to death all day. It's a great tip. Love it. (laughs) Thank you. All right. What do we have next? Um, I wake up every morning determined to eat well or good. But by midday, all I want is sugar. Any suggestions on breaking this pattern? Yes, this is also very common. Great questions, people. Thank you. Keep sending these questions in. You know how to reach me. You can email me. You can comment on this podcast. Keep sending your questions so we can do more of this. Okay, so you're determined to eat quote unquote well, but then you just want sugar by midday. Increasing protein and healthy fats at breakfast will help to combat this. Those things will satiate and satisfy and they will hold you down and prolong fullness and prevent sugar spikes that lead to sugary cravings later in the day. So snacking on nutrient-dense fruits and vegetables will also do the same thing. Those fruits will um, give you the sugar that your body needs. And I'm, I'm going to do an episode on sugar, so hold out for that. But your body responds the, sh- the same to sugar, whether it comes from fruit or whether it comes from an artificial source. And so if you get all your sugar from fruit, your body is still happy just to have that glucose that it needs to survive, but it's not going to do the damage that artificial sugar will do. So snacking on nutrient-dense fruits and vegetables is the way to go. You can also get your blood tested for nutrient or mineral deficiencies because sometimes you can have strong, strong cravings because you're deficient in something. And so The most common one is people recognize that chocolate has magnesium, trace magnesium in it naturally. And so they say, I'm craving sugar all the time. I'm craving chocolate. I just want to eat chocolate all day long. And it's like, oh, maybe you're low on magnesium. Go get your magnesium tested. And sure enough, 99% of Americans are low on magnesium. And so that's a very common thing that could be attributing to their cravings. And so it's your body doesn't really want chocolate. Your body wants magnesium. And the way that that translates to you is, I need chocolate. So there's a lot of different things that you can do to help yourself in this way. I love those ideas. Now, what about for, like, I've had several clients who are, because you mentioned adding protein and healthy fats to breakfast. 
what about those people who for 15 years have their coffee and a bagel and cream cheese? How do you, how do we shift that a little bit? That's hard. And that is something I don't recommend shifting overnight, but doing it as a slow process. Um, I would first recommend going from calf, uh, caffeinated to decaf or a half and half blend, half calf and half decaf to kind of wean yourself off of that false metabolism that the coffee gives you. And then I would also say supplement the bagel and cream cheese with a side of fruit or supplement the bagel and cream cheese with a hard boiled an egg or cut the bagel in half and have half of a bagel and cream cheese with a side of like yogurt and granola or something like that that's really going to fill you up and satiate you because what will happen is between the the caffeine and the coffee and if you add milk and sugar to it that amplifies the result and the starchy carbohydrates the simple carbs in the um in the bagel is your blood sugar will spike and then it will crash. And then by 10 a.m. you'll be feeling famished. And because you're so hungry and you don't have those snacks prepared that we talked about in the first question, you'll probably grab another cup of coffee and maybe a pastry or something from the vendor downstairs or the um, vending machine or something that you can grab quickly. And it just sets your day up to be not the most fruitful for you, not the most, um, not giving yourself the best that you can. And so starting your day with those fats and those proteins will keep you at a lot more stable pace. And then you're able to make smarter choices about what you want to eat. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Here's my pro tip. Eat sweets with pleasure rather than demonizing them and yourself. Savor the sensory input you get from enjoying them rather than mentally checking out and eating blindly. So going back to that sugar craving, that midday sugar craving, rather than demonizing yourself and chastising yourself for wanting the sugar and eating the sugar, incorporate it into your day and say, okay, today I ate breakfast and then I had lunch and then I know that at 2 p.m. I will have my chocolate or my candy or my sugary snack because it's part of my day and it becomes part of your routine and then eventually you lose the emotional attachment to it and then you no longer want it eventually. Eventually, you realize that the enticing part of the sugar is knowing that you can't have it, and that's what makes you want it. And as soon as you decide that you can have it, you will find that you want it less. And even if you don't want it less, that's okay, because now you're not having that angst around the sugar. You're not demonizing it. You're accepting and incorporating it, and it tastes better, and it feels better, and your body incorporates it better, even if it's not quote unquote what you should be eating, which I don't believe in using those words. Right. I love that. And now I want to go have some chocolate. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm trying to plan that in mindfully today. There you go. <laughs> um, okay. Here's another question that came in. I really want to lose weight, but I don't want to follow a rigid diet because that always leads me to overeating. Is there anything else I can try? Absolutely. It's called the eating what feels good diet. I know that sounds really sarcastic, but it's absolutely 100% true. It's eating what feels good to you. And if you pay attention and you look for trends within your own body, emotions, and spirit, you'll find that certain foods feel good to you and make you a better, make you feel better about who you are and who you present yourself to the world. And certain foods do not. 
Honing in on those foods gives you the insight to make smarter choices about what you eat, and that in turn will help you to feel better. There are no diet plans, no rigid rules, and no special recipes to follow. That's the most beautiful part about all of this. It does take some time to kind of clear the noise inside of your body, but once you do clear the noise, for example, like if I notice that popcorn does not make me feel good. When I eat popcorn, I get a stomach ache and I get um, bloated and puffy and I don't sleep well. And so if I stop eating popcorn, that's going to be my first layer of healing. And now the more foods that I do that with, the more the noise inside my body will begin to clear and the stronger my body's communication with me will become. It will become stronger and more specific. So it will be easier to be able to recognize specifically which foods or food ingredients are not working for you. So Another example I like to use is, let's say I ate a turkey burger for lunch and I just didn't feel well. I'm going to look for the trends of what was in the turkey burger. So I had the, the turkey burger itself. I had the bun, which included sesame seeds. I had lettuce, tomato, and let's say ketchup and mustard. Okay, let's keep it simple. The next time I eat any foods that contain those same ingredients, the um, bread, sesame seeds, turkey, ketchup, mustard, tomato, lettuce, I'm going to look and see, hey, you know what? I remember feeling this way when I had that turkey burger. What did I eat today that had those same ingredients? Oh, that bun. It must be the bun because now I have bread, but I don't have any of those other ingredients and I'm still feeling that, that kind of funky way. It must be the bread. So the next time you eat something with bread in it, you're going to notice and see if those same feelings come up and that's how you're able to identify that maybe that brand of bread or that type of bread or bread period, maybe it's gluten in the bread, doesn't feel good to you. So you do almost sort of your own little experiment in doing this. When I work with clients specifically, I use their genetic profile as a guide to teaching them how to eat right for their body and their lifestyle. It's highly personalized and it begins with this one step, right? So what doesn't feel good to you? It begins with that one first step. And then it gets really deep into organ systems and and all of that. But that's that's the benefit of working with someone like Jody or with me is that you get that really deep insight into what's working for you and what's not working for you personalized personalized I love that now what if you're following your personalized like what should work for you from your personalized plan but you're still the weight's still not coming off well, if you're eating the foods that are not working for you, it is inevitable that you will lose some weight because a lot of the weight we carry that's excess is inflammation. It's not fat. It's inflammation. And inflammation comes from eating the foods that are not working for your body. So once you discover what foods are not working for your body, that weight will literally will melt off while you sleep. And once you release all of that retained water and all of that inflammation, then you get an idea for where your set point is because that's where your weight will be. You will you will land at that natural set point and you'll be able to say, okay, so this is what size I truly am without all that inflammation. And if I still desire to lose more weight, now I can think about what do I need to do to lose more weight? And then that's where your prescribed plan might change or become altered, right? Does that make sense? 
Yeah, definitely. Okay. So my, my pro tip for this question is for easy guidance, weekly exercises, and light accountability, check out my journal, Eating for Energy and Weight Loss, Food and Symptom Tracking Journal. I don't talk about my books very often on this podcast. This might be my second time ever mentioning it. But this is a great way. It's a 30-day journal. It's a great way to identify the foods that are wrecking your health and give you a starting off points to healing your relationship to food with the exercises that are included. It's a 30-day journal. It's light accountability. It's as serious or structured or as loose and free as you want it to be, but it's a great place to be able to say, hmm, that turkey burger, it sounds like the tomatoes were really upsetting me. And, oh, the next time I ate tomatoes, I had this acid in my stomach. So, hmm, let me identify what's going on with tomatoes. So, just an idea. I back up your journal. It's, it's, I have it. I've used it. I've read your book and it's definitely a great starting place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate your support. Thank you. Um, okay. So, so many people are talking about intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. Is this like a good way to kickstart weight loss? Mm -hmm. So intermittent fasting is a great way to lose weight and heal from within if you do it the right way. So a common mistake is that people think they have to have a late breakfast, which then pushes their lunch and their dinner later into the day. And I think collectively we've adopted this fear of going to sleep hungry. So big proponents of intermittent fasting encourage a late dinner to prevent discomfort, right? You don't want to go to sleep feeling uncomfortable because you're so hungry. So if you eat dinner at 8 p.m. and you go to sleep at 10 and you wake up at 6 and you don't eat breakfast until 11, you still maintain that eating window versus that fasting window, but you're not going to bed hungry. But what ends up happening is that you have a full stomach at bedtime, which doesn't give your body the opportunity to rest or repair because it's working all night to digest your last meal. This leaves you feeling exhausted and groggy in the morning because again, you don't get to rest and repair because your body's working all night long. So your body's on a 24 hour shift. So what I recommend doing, my pro tip for this one is eat your meals according to the sun. Your body is filled with circadian rhythms. Your heartbeat is a rhythm. Your brain waves are a rhythm. Your digestion is a rhythm. Your sleep cycle is a rhythm. Your meal times also need to be on that same circadian rhythm. And the body's circadian rhythm follows the sun. So consider it as my metabolism will rise and fall with the sun. Think about sunrise, peak, midday sunshine and sunset as general meal times for you. And if you can do that, you can make intermittent fasting work for you. If this opens your window up a little bit more, then just find a way to close the gap. So eat your breakfast towards the later half an hour of, so the later half hour of sunrise. So for example, sunrise is usually a small window of time. So let's say in some regions it's from 5.42 until, you know, 6.30. So eat your breakfast in that 6.15 to 6.30 window. It's not exact. It's not, the sun's not going to say, okay, I'm risen. You have to stop eating. It's just a general idea. So eat it towards that later end of the window and then eat your dinner towards that earlier end of the um, sunset so that you close your eating gap to maintain that smaller eating window if that's what you're desiring to do but you're also not sleeping with a full stomach and you're not leaving your metabolism 
to burn out in the morning because you don't eat until 11 a.m. and then your metabolism just shuts down and then your food sits in your stomach all day and your body goes into starvation mode. So that's the way to make intermittent fasting working. It's a great tool to have if you do it the right way. And for- I like, oh, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. I was just going to say I like your spin on that because when I've tried it in the past mm-hmm. and tried to wait till like 11 or 12, mm-hmm. I end up eating sugar all day long. Yeah. So I like the idea of just starting a bit earlier and just maybe shutting it down. Yeah, exactly. And there's nothing that says you can't have a cup of herbal tea or something like um, a glass of almond milk after your window closed. Some people are real picky about that, but those things don't really pass through your digestion because they are liquids. So I believe if you're feeling hungry after your fasting window has closed, I'm definitely okay with doing that. Anything that's going to pass through your digestion more than water or water with lemon or something like that that will suppress your appetite, I'm okay with that. So if you want more information on this topic and more specific advice, you can visit the Santa Anima Wellness Substack for my article called Intermittent Fasting is Sabotaging Your Weight. Here's how to make it work for you. So I go into a lot more detail in that article. So check it out. Okay, my friends, thank you so much for listening in, but that is all the time we have. We still have so many questions that we did not get to, so we are going to produce a part two of the Q&A. Keep sending us whatever questions you have. You know how to do so. Again, you send me your comments. You send me your emails. You can visit me at SantaAnimaWellness.com and submit a query through there and um, share your story with me. Ask me your questions. Let me know where you need help navigating your health so that I can continue to give you your answers. Jody, thank you so much for being here with us today, for helping me um, ask and answer these questions and for your feedback. Did you have anything you wanted to share about the questions that we talked about today? Any Anything from your specific approach that you might add to what I've already shared? Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I enjoyed listening. And I what I find, what I love is how you and I have a similar training, but we approach things from very different lenses. And when you can put it together, like I think it really, it's very complimentary. Um, so I really learned a lot from you and um, I love how you bring like in the food sensitivities and you know so much about the human body and like things that I never consider. Um, I think what I tend to zone in on is like the emotional stuff because that's where my struggles stem from. So um, yeah, it's nice to, and I feel like with your scientific approach, there's less emotion. So it's not, I tend to catastrophize my food issues. Like they're so hard to get over, but you seem to simplify it a lot. So that I find that very helpful. Thank you. I'm glad it's helpful. So how can people reach you? People who are struggling with trauma and emotions around food, um, who may not resonate with my more scientific body focused approach. How can people get in touch with you if they resonate with your approach to food and weight and healing? Yeah. So I have, Sorry, excuse me. I have a website, uh, justbecoaching.me. So just like the word, be, be coaching.me. And then my Instagram handle is justbecoaching77. And I'm on and off active on there. 
Um, so yeah. I think you've posted some pretty cool things on there over the years though. I love following your stuff. I'm yeah. a bit of a lull, but yeah. Well, that's okay. Back in the archives, there's some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Bring them out then. Dust them off. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Uh, we are so excited to do this again with the remainder of the questions that we were not able to get to today. So, Jody, I hope you'll join me for part two. But if you're unable to, again, I completely understand. But um, yeah, I love to. Thank you. I love doing this with you. And we will catch you all next Thursday for another episode. Thanks for tuning in to eating for energy and weight loss. And don't forget to visit me on SantaAnimaWellness.com and catch Jody JustBeCoaching.me or Instagram handle JustBeCoaching77. She's awesome and amazing, and I only keep amazing people in my life, so that's my true testament to how wonderful this person is. You will love working with her. All righty, we'll catch you all next Thursday. Bye.